Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. James chapter 5. James chapter 5, it says, Look here, you rich people. I, I need as much spiritual music as I can, Harry, right now for this text, all right? <laughs> Heavenly angels. Look here, you rich people. No. Anyhow, it says, look here, you rich people. Weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away and your fine clothes are moth-eating rags. Your gold and silver are corroded. The very wealth you are counting on will eat away your flesh like fire. This corroded treasure you have hoarded will testify against you on the day of judgment. For listen, hear the cries of the field workers whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxuries, satisfying your every desire. You have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. That's our text today. <laughs> Woo! Anybody felt the Holy Ghost reading that right there? That was so good. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. That, that's our text. Uh, but in fact, if you look at the language that James is using, he's actually speaking to his, or echoing his favorite preacher, which was his, his older brother. It's like Reuben. You know what I'm saying? James is actually echoing his favorite preacher. And his favorite preacher was his older, older brother named Jesus. And, and this is actually what Jesus had to say in other words. He said it this way. In Matthew 6, he says, don't store up treasures here on earth where the moths eat them and rust destroy them. And where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Uh, I want to give you the title to today's message, and it's, it's really just this. It's net worth. What is your net worth? What is your never-ending treasure worth? The Bible says that you can gain the whole world but lose your soul. In fact, it puts it this way. It says, what, what is it worth to gain the whole world? and lose yourself in the process. Have you ever chased something so much that at the end of the chase, you didn't even know who you were anymore? What is your net worth? What is your never-ending treasure worth? Uh, bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is your will that prevails. So, Lord, as, as we come together on a Sunday, sometimes we have agendas and plans and, 
and schedules, God, but what we pray is that your desire be fulfilled here today in our lives. You knew this day this message would be preached. You knew those that would come and attend service on this Sunday, and it is the message that you prepared us to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you, God. Please, Lord, give us a little bit of cool, not so much heat, so that I won't have to roast up here as I preach. In Jesus' name. And everyone shouts, amen and amen. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, did anybody start a diet in January to be good by the summer? Mm-hmm. All right, like anybody started, like I had to lose 20 pounds this year, right? And how are you doing on your weight loss? I had to lose 20 pounds this year, and I got 50 to go. Come on, somebody, anybody in that diet, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, like anybody, like you, have you ever been on a diet? Just altar call. We need an altar call because we got liars in the building. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I've, been, I've been in a diet for 18 years. I'm being honest. Like at one point or another, I, I, I realized this when I was like, I was watching a video on the keto diet. Anybody know about the keto diet? So I'm watching this video. And I'm, now I don't know if you know, like in 2016, for two years, I didn't eat any meat. And so now I'm looking at the keto diet and I'm saying, all I'm going to be able to do is eat meat. And it's intriguing to me. Why? Because there's a promise at the end of that diet that at the end of your diet, you're going to lose some weight. And I got a summer bod that I'm trying to get to. You know what I'm saying? That's why we go to the gym, right? And that's why we eat well. It's not to feel good. It's to look good. You know what I'm saying? Because if you could look good eating ice cream, you'd be eating ice cream all day. Right? And so I, I, I was watching this video and I'm like, man, this is so intriguing to me because I am a sucker for diets. Like you tell me it's going to help me lose weight, sign me up. You know what I mean? Like, like sign me up. Like, uh, the keto diet. Anybody remember the Atkins diet? Mm -hmm. The South Beach diet. Uh, you got Weight Watchers. And you name it, for the last 18 years, I've tried it. You got workouts called Insanity. They're telling you it's crazy, and we're... Sign me up. <laughs> you got Zumba. You can dance your weight. You can dance your weight to calories falling off. Sign me up. You got DDP yoga? Sign me up. If I'm going to be able to look like Brad Pitt when I'm 50, praise the name of the living God. Right? And I realized that I am the target. I'm the people that they're targeting when they're setting out these ads. I'm the, peop I'm the person. I'm the, the, the quintessential target audience when it comes to weight loss, diet, and exercise. You know who is not? Lisa. Lisa has been living on this earth 30 plus years. We'll leave it there. And for 30 plus years, Lisa has never, ever been on a diet. You ask her, oh girl, you look so good. What you been doing all your life? Oh my God, you look so, you look so cute. What you been doing? She's like, I'm on a seafood diet. Anything I see, I eat it. Devil, I'm, I'm not joking. Like I literally, like I, I'm really, I'm really, I'm, as I'm preparing for this message, I'm in the same house 
as Lisa Marie. And I get this text message. And I have to share it with you. I literally got this text message. Look at this. She said, can we buy this now? She said, I want some Caribbean coconut with some almond cake. She doesn't do graphics. She went and got a picture sorter, put the pictures together, took the time to save it and send it to me. And she said, we need to get that right now. And this is why I lose five pounds during the week and I gain seven during the weekend. Come on. And I said, I said, man, I, this, this is just blasphemy. Like, I just can't, right? Because you know, you know what she would never pay attention to? An ad on a diet. As a matter of fact, I challenge you. Try to have a conversation with Lisa about being healthy. She'll check out. She will check out, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, okay. Why? Because her mentality is this message is not for me. Atkins, sabes que? This is right here, natural. I'm not, the, I'm not the perfect audience for that message because for the last 30 plus years of my life, I've never had to be on a diet. So when you talk about losing weight, living healthy, I've been doing that on my own. That message is not for me. And I use that as a comparison because I think when I read the book of James chapter 5, verse 1, immediately, you know where my mind goes? That message is not for me. You know why? Because look at the way James starts it. He says, look what he says. He goes, he goes, <laughs> he says, look here, you rich people. Are you like me? Like, oh, that's the part that I skip over because he's clearly not talking to me. Sabes que? I, sometimes I feel so poor I can't afford the O and the R. I'm poor. <laughs> right? So clearly, so Jesus, you're not talking to me. And I just look at that text and I'm like, oh, he's talking about somebody else whose net worth is way greater than mine. Like somebody like Jeff Bezos, or Bezos, however you want to pronounce that. $112 billion. $112, I'm like, just give me one M. Because right now, I'm like 30T. Just give me one M, that's it. We're talking letters. Like you're so rich, we don't even talk in numbers no more. We're talking letters. Like just give me one M because I only got 30T, right? Like what about, what about somebody like Bill Gates who has $90 billion net worth? Like just give me a percentage, half a percentage. What, what about somebody like Warren? Like he, James is talking to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett, James chapter 5, chapter 1, verse 6 through 6. You know what I'm saying? Or how about Mark Zuckerberg? Like, oh, that guy's worth how much? 71B. <laughs> just give me one M. That's all I need. And I just can't help to think that James has to be talking to those guys. So guess what? James, God bless you. You're an awesome little brother of Jesus. But this message is not for me. Until I realize that it might be. Why? Because when you begin to 
compare how God has blessed you in comparison to the 7 billion people, almost 8 billion people, when I begin to look at my life and some of the things that I have in my life, and we hold it and we look at what the, the rest of the world has, I'll tell you this much, if you make, if your home, if your household makes if your household, not just you, your household makes over $50,000 a year, you are part of the top 1% income earners in the entire planet. Someone shout, I might be rich. Uh, how about this? How about this? If your household makes over $25,000 a year, your household you're actually in the top 10% of income earners out of the 7 to 8 billion people that are on this earth. Someone shout, I might be rich. Uh, how, how about this? If, if you own more than $2,200 worth of stuff, you're richer than 50% of the population of this world. Someone shout, I think I'm rich. Because $2,200 is your cell phone and your flat screen TV. Oh, one flat, oh no, I got two. Oh no, I got one in every room. Oh my God, how am I gonna afford this? Right? Like when you, when you look at your life and see how God has blessed me, I can't help to think that, wait a minute, I might, I might be rich, I, I might, you know how you're rich? You're rich because you know the stuff you get upset about. Like, like you go into prayer and fasting because your Netflix cannot connect to the Wi-Fi and you just miss an episode of Stranger Things and you don't know what to do with yourself. Father, why have you forsaken me? My Netflix cannot connect to my Wi-Fi. You know you rich. Oh, how about, how about, how about when, when, when the vehicle that, has, that transports you from, from, from point A 30 miles to point B and you no longer have to walk in sandals, runs out of gas, you're crying broke or we're crying broke, right? Because we can't take the bus, God forbid. Oh no, we cannot take the bus. Why? Because, you know, our vehicle that has four wheels that transports us from one place to another cannot work at this time. God, why have you forsaken me? Oh, how about this? When, when, <laughs> when your Starbucks barista forgot to put almond milk on your $5.47 caramel crunch kappa frappuccino. Come on, somebody. I felt the Holy Ghost just saying that, right? there. My five dot, can you imagine $5.47 coffee? It was 50 cents in the bodega 10 years ago. Come on. Some. And, I'm, and this is what James is saying. So James's target audience may not just be the Bill Gates, the Jeff Bezos, the Mark Zuckerberg. It actually might be those that have the largest income amongst the population. And so maybe that God is speaking to Rolando. Maybe God is speaking to me when he says, when, he's, when you read the, the verses of James and he's saying, you rich people. In other words, those of you that have clothing, those that have possessions. He says, you rich people. Here's what he's saying. His, here's his message to those that are in the top 1% of the world. And I don't know about you, but I, I, I have to change my perspective on being rich because when you put it in perspective of the entire world, I have to say, man, God, I am, 
blessed. I don't know about you, but does anybody understand how blessed you are? That if you have clean water coming through a contraption that goes in your sink, you are blessed. Someone shout, I'm blessed. And James says, listen, you rich people, here's the problem. The problem isn't that you're rich. The problem is that you're not good at being rich. So much, so much of history has changed the message to become, oh, you shouldn't be rich. James is attacking the rich people, and, and you shouldn't have possessions, and you shouldn't have wealth, and that is not the message of James. James is not saying that you can't have. He's just saying that maybe you shouldn't hoard all the time. What he's saying is like, he, he's saying it's not, it's not that you can't be rich, it's that you don't, you're not good at being rich. And I don't know about you, but for 2019, I want to become a better rich person. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that, yeah, I was, Pastor, we're still trying to figure out that we're rich, Pastor. Slow down. I, I want to be good at becoming rich, and, and this is what he says. James says, essentially, that if, if you serve God, then your money should serve others. If you serve God, then our money shouldn't just serve my purposes, my desires, my wants, my longings, my passions. He's not saying that. What he's, what he's saying is that if you serve God, then your money serves others. And, and in context, in context, when you, when you look at the life of what was taking place at that moment, it was gatherings in the church community, people coming together. And when they were coming together, uh, they, they was all Christians coming together. And, and it, it started becoming a thing where those that had more than others started fellowshipping. And so if, 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 if a group brought arroz con gandules and pernil and, and potato salad and the other ones only brought like, like peas and crackers, uh, they wouldn't fellowship with each other because only the rich people were privy to, and this is message of James, like you're not good at being rich, man. Like, like if you see somebody, like here you are, you have tons and tons of clothes. Like we are the only society that looks, like, like looks at our coat closet and sees a hundred things to wear. And what are the, especially the ladies, no offense, I love you. I have nothing to wear. And he's saying, listen, listen, man, like, like listen, you're, you got so much, yet here's homie who's been coming to church with the same shirt on his back every single day, eating some peas and crackers, and you're fattening yourself. You're, you're just consuming and filling yourself up, and, and you got clothes upon clothes upon clothes at home, and not once do you say, instead of hoarding that, instead of looking that as riches and possessions, and look at me, look at as much as I have, maybe you should just take some of that and share it with others. And so James is saying, man, like, the stuff you have is going to be a testimony, hear me, that you didn't trust in God. Look, look, what it, look at the way he puts it. It says, look here, you rich people, weep and groan with anguish because of all the terrible troubles ahead of you. Your wealth is rotting away, and your fine clothes are moth-eaten rags. Your gold and silver is corroding. The very wealth you were counting on will eat away at your flesh the corroded treasures you have hoarded will testify against you in the day of judgment. He's saying, he's saying like, you're, you're counting that as wealth. You're counting that as your net worth. 
You're counting that as your value, but what you don't understand is that when you get to the end of your life, when you come to the end of your life, you cannot take none of that with you, but what you can take with you are the people that you lead to Jesus. And he said, you, you don't understand, like, when you come to the door gates of heaven with all those possessions and say, look at the kind of life that I lived, hoarding up all these possessions and materialistic things, James is saying, listen to me, all those things are, are what, are they, what are they are? They are things that will testify against you. They are the proof that you never truly trusted in God. Sometimes, again, I, I, I don't want you to hear what I didn't say. Sometimes we hear a message like this, it's like, oh, is pastor saying that we shouldn't aspire, or we shouldn't try to achieve, or we shouldn't try to attain things. No, it's okay to have a flat screen TV. It's okay to have a car. It's okay to have cars. The message here is, is that when that becomes your focus in life, then you're missing out on what true life is. That your life ought to be the kind of life that other people see that heaven is filled with people because you were able to sow into their lives. That heaven is filled with people because you were able to give of yourself, give of your treasure, give of your time, and give of your talents. And James is essentially saying, he's saying, listen man, I know that message. I know the message that you, that you were listening to because you're not listening to my big brother. See, when I listened to my big brother, here's what he told me. My big brother told me, he said, he said, don't store up treasures on earth. So why is it that you're storing up treasures on earth? So you've been listening. And, and, and we're, if we're not careful, let me tell you, Kuhau, we will have a preacher on this side of our life telling us. And he's, his name is Mr. World. You ever met Mr. World? You know Mr. World. His message, what, what will he tell you? Mr. World tells you this, store up all you can for yourself. While Jesus will always tell you, give generously to others. But pastor, I don't have anything. Jesus' message would always be, give generously to others. But pastor, all I got is two pennies. Well, there was a widow that had two pennies and she gave generously to others. And we think that Jesus' message will change and we'll try to, well, Jesus understands my situation. No, Jesus' message, my big brother Jesus, I, 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 I lived with him. I saw, and let me tell you, Jesus was generous. Jesus gave even to the point of death. But the world will always tell you, store up all you can. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? Have you ever woke up and said, I got to get what I got to get? I got to achieve what I got to achieve? I got to accomplish what I got to accomplish? All you got to do is go through Instagram and look up the top hustlers or the top grinders. You ever woke up and felt like, man, I am not grinding enough. I've been grinding for 24 hours and I need a 25th hour because I'm not grinding enough. That's because the preacher that they were hearing at the time is the same preacher we're hearing now. Mr. World is saying, store up all you can. Hustle, hustle, hustle. Grind, grind, grind. Get it, get it, get it. Negative. I love your faces. I know you're having a good time. Just not notify your face. <laughs> There's a message that Mr. World has to say, and it's this message, store up all you can. But James is telling his listener, he's saying, listen, rich people, listen, those that have 
the higher income bracket amongst the community you live in, amongst the world you live in. He says, you need to remember that there was a preacher named Jesus. He's my big brother. And all he said was give generously unto others. And I know it doesn't feel good. I, don't, I know it doesn't, like, it doesn't feel awesome all the time. I know that sometimes you feel like I got to look after myself. I got to look after me. Anybody ever had that mentality? I know I have. Like, listen, if no one looks, if I, if I don't look after me, no one will look after me. And Jesus his message was never that. His message was never, you show me in the scriptures where Jesus says, listen, look after yourself because if you don't, no one will. Show me in the scriptures, never. What you do find in the scriptures is that Jesus says, give of yourself. He who desires to save his life will lose it, but he who desires to, to, he who desires to save his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will gain it. His message was always give generously. Paul echoes him. He says, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself, it is more blessed to give than receive. Philippians chapter 2, it says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. 1 Timothy chapter 6 is also... Paul telling Timothy, hey, tell, the, tell those that are in the top 1%, tell those this, what? Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as good foundation for the future so that they may experience what? True life. <laughs> Where does he get this idea of treasure? Storing up treasure. Well, there's no doubt that he's looking at, he's looking back at Matthew chapter 6 when Jesus is saying, don't store up treasures on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is there, your heart is also. He's saying, listen, Jesus' message is always going to be counter to what the world's message is. And please understand that when we speak about the world, we're not speaking about people because we get it twisted many times. We're like, oh, you can't hang around with those people. Those people are no good for you. But it's a philosophy. When you see the world, it's talking about a philosophy, a, a way of thinking, a system of thought. So when we say, don't listen to Mr. World, it is a philosophy. It is a system of thought that will always tell you, go store up all you can while you can. And Jesus' message will always go counter to Mr. World's message. And James is saying essentially that. He's saying, listen, man, many of us have gotten to the mentality of just gathering up wealth when we should be givers to the poor. He's saying, like, you, you've been so consumed with consuming that you forgot to be a contributor. He says, you, you've been so consuming with stocking up that you forgot to share with others. That you've become a hoarder instead of a helper. That instead of filling other, others' baskets, you have fattened yourself. 
you have just filled yourself up and been consuming, 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 consuming. And this is where the idea of moth that will destroy, rust that will corrode, and thieves that will rob. I don't know what you use to measure your wealth, but in the ancient Jewish thought, what they did was is that they would hoard clothing or linens. And they would look at their linens and their clothing as material wealth. And so they would stock up their material wealth through what? Linens. We stock up our material wealth through what? iPods, iPads, vehicles, houses, possessions. That's how we, they measured their wealth through linens, clothing. And he's saying, what good is your clothing? What good is your linens if you're stocking them up high as you can and you're storing up your treasure and the moth are destroying, by the time you go to wear it, someone else could have used it. He looks at people that would collect precious metals or gold and silver. He's saying, what, what worth is it that you have it stocked away somewhere and it has no use when your brother right there is starving? He says, what good is it for you to have such expensive possessions when you're so scared to wear it outside because you're scared that a thief would look at you during the day and say, oh, look what he's wearing. I'm going to go see him tonight and rob him. And oftentimes what we do, can I tell you what we do if we were honest today? Let's be honest. What we do is this. Jesus says, don't store up treasures in heaven where moth will come and devour, where rust would corrode and thieves will rob. What does Jesus say? Don't store up treasures on earth. That's what he says. He says, store up treasures in heaven. Can I be honest? I've stored up treasures on earth, and I've prayed, God, don't bring them off. Have you ever done that? Like, God, I know you said not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. But please don't allow me to get a ticket when I'm on the three-passenger lane. I know I had to run this red light because I was in a rush, but please, Lord, don't let, Lord, let him give me a warning, Lord. Let him give me a warning. Right? You do something wrong, you just pray to God. And that's the mentality that we adopt sometimes. It's like, all right, God, I'm not going to necessarily follow your principles, but I will pray so that the consequences won't come. And God is saying, you're never supposed to live with moth. You're never supposed to live with rust. I didn't create you. You're too, your net worth is too valuable for moth. Your net worth is too valuable for rust. Your net worth is too valuable for thieves. Let me tell you, I can give you an investment that when you invest and when you sow, guess what? It cannot be touched. It cannot be touched by a moth. It cannot be touched by rust. It cannot be touched by a thief. You need to invest in that. This is what treasures in heaven look like. So, so, so the second thing that Mr. World says, he tells us this. He says, what you don't have is what you need. But Jesus will always tell you, what I have given you is enough. Y'all missed a good time to say amen right there. Well, you don't have, like, you, have you ever convinced yourself that you needed something? 
Have you ever convinced yourself you needed a sham wow? Because napkins will not suffice? Have you ever convinced yourself that you need an avocado slicer? I saw that shop right. I said, I need that in my life. Have you ever convinced, I need all my, I need the new iPod 10, X, Z, whatever. I need it. Why? What does it do? You know, it does that aerodynamic molecules with the falafel in the eradication with, what is he saying? I don't know, but I need it. <laughs> have you ever convinced yourself I need it? Why? Because, because I don't have it. I don't have it. And so I need it. And Mr. World will always tell you, listen, what you don't have is what you need. What you don't have, you need that, <laughs> you need that new new. You know what I'm saying? You need that, that new car. You need that new house. You need that, that new position. You need that. And, and Jesus' message has always been, what I have given you is enough. And he says, what, you, what you've been doing is living a life seeking to get these things for satisfaction. But you need to start living from this place. What I have, what, what I have given you is enough. I need to live from this place that Jesus, you've given me all I need to succeed. And what you have given me is enough for the day, is enough for what I need, is enough so that I can depend on you and not get caught up in pride. Jesus, Jesus' message has always been countercultural. I feel like sometimes when it comes to following Jesus, I'm going against every single advertisement that I see on TV. Every single ad that I see on YouTube. Every single promotion that I, it, it's, it always feels like I'm going against the grain. I don't know about you, but it has felt like that for me where I feel like, man, Jesus, I wish everyone else would get it so that it could be easier on me as well. But the life that Jesus called us to live may not be popular, but it always be satisfying. And I think many times we're, we're consumed with living popular lives instead of a life that is satisfying and fulfilling. And if we're not careful, what we will do is that we will get caught up in comparing our lives and our lowlights where someone else's highlights. We live in a day and age, let's be honest, like, Let's be honest, we live in a day and age where comparison is the most dangerous thing to our children and even to our own lives. When we look, when we look at our lives, I don't know about you, but have you ever felt so good about eating your Wendy's meal? <laughs> like you just ate your Wendy's and you're just like, man, this was good. And as you were eating it, you went and pulled up your Instagram and you saw someone eating filet mignon and the Wendy's just felt like it was rotting in your mouth because they were eating filet mignon. <laughs> have, you, have, you ever had, have you ever had an awesome time with your spouse and just an amazing intimate? You couldn't afford going out this week, but the kids weren't home and so you stood home, you turned on the Netflix, you, you chilled, you watched, you fell asleep on each other's uh, lap and, and then you woke up and it's just like, oh, this is an awesome night. Let me use the bathroom before I go to sleep. And as you are in the bathroom doing anyway, but as you're in the restroom and you open up your, your Instagram and you'll see someone having the time of their life, that couple, you know that couple that you don't 
hate, but you don't like that when you greet them, you smile to them like this. <laughs> that couple. They're having the time of their life on vacation, and they're living their best life. And you start rebuking the hell out of them. You know what I'm saying? But you need to rebuke the hell out of yourself. Anyhow, have you ever, why? Because we're listening to the preacher. Mr. World is always telling us, hey, what you don't have is what you need. Look, look at them. They got a vacation. How come you don't? Look at them. They, uh, uh, what about the college kid that saved up $2,000 to buy his own car? And finally he got his own car. He's like, yes, I got my little hoopty. I'm good. And then he goes on Instagram and he sees his friend that got a car purchased by his parents. And it's the car of the year. And now he's looking at his hoopty with contempt because he can't stand that he's driving a hoopty. But a minute ago, it was the car of his life. And then you see family photos and you wonder why yours is not like that picture. Someone shout, Instagram is a lie. Come on, I think we could praise God for that. Like, Instagram is a lie. No, you're not that happy. No, you don't love her that much. No, she don't love you that much. No, you don't look that good without those 10 filters. No, Instagram is a lie. I think this is a good time to end. Worship team, you could come up. <laughs> this is what, I'll end with this. I started by quoting some scriptures, some popular scriptures. Some popular scriptures that, that encourage us. One of the most popular scriptures in all of the Bible is a scripture, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It says what? Ooh, look at you guys, Bible scholars. Come on. What does it say? And they say, how don't know the Bible. Come on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 says. Look at the people that didn't know it before. They were like, yeah, I can do our whole things. I knew that too. I just, you know. I can do all things. Does anybody here want an I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me life? When I began to read this scripture, I said, man, this is one of the most powerful scriptures. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we use that scripture out of context all the time. All you have to do is to find the context of the scripture. It doesn't mean that the principle of the scripture is not significant because the scripture, the, the, uh, the principle of the scripture is significant, which is I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it's important to understand the context of that scripture. And the context of that scripture is this. <laughs> not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to 
suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You wanna, I can do all things life. Say, God, I need to learn how to abound and I need to learn how to abase. I need to learn how to be full and I need to learn how to be hungry. I'm not gonna achieve something for satisfaction, but I am satisfied. Therefore, I can do We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.